Hi, my name is Wasif and welcome to The Pumpkin Patch, where we talk about adventures in parenting, as well as health and wellness. It's presented by iCare Pharmacy, where I'm a pharmacist and an owner. So if you have any questions about the podcast or need help with a prescription, you can feel free to text me at 780-705-8871. We provide free delivery as well as expert advice all throughout Edmonton, Sherwood Park, St. Albert, Beaumont, as well as even Stony Plain. So if you do like the podcast, please uh, give us a you know, five-star rating and hit, hit subscribe. Thanks so much for dropping by and uh, I hope you enjoy uh, our little conversation. Thanks. Bye. So as Atif kind of ruined, the yeah, Doreen is pregnant. Um, yeah, so, uh, and uh, as a double whammy, we're actually going to do a gender reveal today as well. So uh, just, uh, yeah, so it'll be uh, really, uh, you know, really excited to kind of do the gender reveal and kind of uh, do that there. Um, yeah, I wanted to tell you guys sooner, but we can't really get together during COVID and that sort of thing, just the way the circumstances have been. So I thought this would be a really kind of uh, neat way to really celebrate. So yeah, yeah. And then just uh, on a side note, just, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, when it does come time, it'll be really great because, uh, you know, I, I'm sure, uh, you know, Dave and them, they're going to come down from the North store and then they're going to provide a lot of, you know, they'll help me in terms of paternity leave and that sort of thing. And I think that'll really help in terms of getting me to spend more time with the family, you know, catch up on Netflix and relax. That'll be, that'll be good. Right. Yeah. 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 That'll be good. And then also as well, um, like in terms of a birth plan, we want to do everything natural. So uh, Doreen says no epidermal, epidermal, and we're just going to do the pregnancy at home. Right. So we'll just do it at home completely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be, you know, really great, great experience. Uh, also as well, what else was I going to say? Um, in terms of, uh, yeah. And, you know, Doreen's really great with kids. So I'm sure the kid would only kind of wake up once or twice a night and that's pretty much it. And, you know, and I'll let Doreen handle it. I mean, we don't know, no problem. Right. Doreen will just handle it and it'll be, it'll be good. Right. So, um, I, I don't know. Doreen's still, still busy. I think, Maybe I'll just, uh, I was going to wait, but she's taking a while too. So I know some of you guys want to get going. So let's just, uh, I'm just going to start the gender reveal. I'm sure she won't mind. Okay. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to point the camera that way. So give me a sec here. It's a window. Just kidding. I don't know. Um, just tell us uh, gender audit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything else anymore. I'm not saying anything else anymore. Oh, you already. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, let's see if I can like adjust this a little bit better for now. Uh, I would. I have a different question. What is the setup right now? <laughs> I'm gonna, I don't know. I don't know if you'll even see that color. Can you see colors from there? We can see your silhouette. <laughs> okay. Wait, hold on. So this is a, this is like a confetti cannon. Do you know the gender, Wasa? No. 
we're, we're gonna see all black, Wasif. Whatever it is, we're gonna see it all black. What does that mean? No, it means the confetti's just gonna look black to us. I'm just telling you right now because of because of the lighting. I'm assuming I'm assuming a different color confetti's coming out, but yeah, it, it, it's backlit. Uh, the the lighting behind you is making it. Yeah, it's making it look all like just shadowed. Hey, can can you take that laptop outside? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Maybe this would be better. A little bit better, right? Yeah, you can see colors. I'm just gonna do it towards the screen, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Whoa! Whoa, it's a boy! Congratulations! Yes. Wow. Okay, thank you for not destroying the laptop, by the way. Because yeah, I'm, I'm still paying that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? Oh, sorry. Congratulations. Congrats. Congrats. Okay, so when are you expecting Walsif? Like, how, like, which month exactly? Like, uh... tell, tell us, Octave. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything. I know nothing now. I'm, I'm an empty. I'm an empty shell. Where'd he go? Uh, I'm coming. I'm coming. I had to close the balcony door and stuff. Okay. And then, oh man, I fucked up the screen a little bit. No, it's okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, with with Octo's question, what what when are you guys due? Oh, hold on a sec. What's up, honey? Yep. Awesome. Yeah, what's up? Uh, what, oh my god, where did you go, man? I was where? calling you from upstairs. Oh, I did the gender reveal. I know, but I've just been busy and like I needed your help. Well, Marianne said to go go on ahead without you. You know what? Here, you take the baby. Okay, okay. Hello, okay. this is the gender reveal. <laughs> this, welcome. Marcus, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. And it's a uh, <laughs> guy. He had the baby. We had him last year. <laughs> I really wanted to make it a surprise. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Wait, never... <laughs> is it oh a my god! <laughs> <laughs> a baby. Wow, you already what? had a baby. <laughs> well, I didn't get a chance to see anybody. <laughs> no. Congratulations! Oh, oh. Come to the other side. Quarantine <laughs> baby. That's uh. That uh, baby Atlas, he's been he's been around for about a week. Hi, I'm Wasif. I'm from Eye Care Pharmacy, and welcome to the Pumpkin Patch Podcast. Um, you uh, from the introductory video, you saw that. Yeah, congratulations, we had a boy. Yay! Yay. 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 The whole baby Atlas. It was a surprise to all our friends because uh, I kind of kept it a secret for uh, the whole pregnancy for about nine months. <laughs> Most people didn't know, so it was a big <laughs> And then, yeah, this used to be called the Eye Care Podcast, but just rebranded it to the Pumpkin <laughs> Podcast to kind of just help out with, to, to kind of get the name that's more um, suited for what we're going to be doing, which is talking a lot about, you know, health and wellness in regards to 
parenting and kids and taking care of little ones and just adventures in parenting. Yeah, so I, again, I'm here by, uh, oh, it always confuses me. It has me reverse pointing. But uh, with Albert, I uh, you had uh, to write the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thanks, thanks for joining us, Albert. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, news for Albert is uh, him and Victoria are uh, are expecting as well. So congratulations, Albert. Yay, congrats, thanks, Albert. man. Yeah, you two yeah. are going to be, you guys are my seafoods for the next uh, next year. <laughs> well, well uh, I can definitely tell you how not to do things because <laughs> we're doing it all wrong. <laughs> so, we'll have uh, you guys stumble and then we'll we'll learn from it afterwards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so that's what it is. So on this podcast, we we're just going to talk about like uh, just, uh, you know, Doreen and uh, my whole experience with, uh, you know, Atlas being born and uh, just what kind of went in the hospital and that sort of thing. Oh, and I forgot to tell you one thing, honey. We're going to do a segment called Mom Rant. I think I told you earlier, okay. but we'll do a segment called Mom Rant. So, yeah. And um, and um, this uh, episode, I should mention, presented by iCare Pharmacy. So if uh, you need anything in regards to prescriptions, you offer free delivery, ex expert advice. If you have any questions, you can text us at 780-705-8871. So uh, starting with- also, uh, By the way, also have an excellent uh, selection of candies. Yes, lots of, lots of candy. I, <laughs> as, as long as, uh, we have uh, lots of supply as long as I don't need it. So, so I just have to be careful with that. Um, yeah, so uh, should we, uh, like we're gonna start with just the, you know, wanted to talk about the whole process. So kind of, you know the night before so uh, yeah. what kind of led up to that like i think we were in a situation where you know they had scheduled you for inducement right because of uh, gestational diabetes mm -hmm. yeah so because of that normally like uh, due on the 29th uh, it was due on june 1st and they june 1st. and then i gave birth like four days before that which is fine yeah so um uh due on the on the first but induced on the 25th? Uh, yeah, on the 25th. But they asked me to come in the day before. And just to just to talk about this, um, every expert, okay, okay. You're just crying because I'm feeling right Yeah, now. that's okay. Everybody is different. Like I'm speaking from my own personal experience. So mine is not like uh, any textbook. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, everyone kind of has a different experience, right? So. Uh, like I know a lot of people have given us advice in terms of what works for them, but every baby and every parent is really different. Yeah, and every, so it kind of depends on your situation at the end of the day. And um, every birthing is different too. Like every birthing experience is different. So I'm just going to speak to my experience and in no way let that be a foundation of like what your experience Albert's going to be like because everyone has a different experience. Every body is different. Every woman has a different experience. So yeah. I mean, yeah. So why don't you talk about uh, what is inducement? So inducement is when they induce birth artificially, like and it's not naturally. So it's not like your water just breaks by itself. Mine had to be like they, they ripen your cervix for it to be ready for birth. And they either use oxy, uh, like what is it called? Oxytocin? Oxy, I, I don't think they usually, they use oxytocin more so to help with the uh, to help with the um, contractions yeah. later on. But yeah. With me, they used a Cervidil, 
so basically it's like a tampon insertion that they put behind the, the uterus um and then uh like in the uterus sorry uh, and then it allows for the contractions to begin and so the day before i they called me on the 24th uh, yep. because like it was like long weekend and nobody was there and they had some things but I wasn't mentally ready to go through it yet and I wasn't even ready to like go in so and then the next day I went in it was 8 a.m but I was scheduled to go in and um I was scared I was nervous didn't know what to expect I hate hospitals I have trauma from hospitals because of what happened to my dad but um luckily i got through it but yeah within an hour like it was very comfortable I had a great experience with the nurses within an hour of them inserting the tampon like thing um they uh i started contraction but the thing is what they do is before that they uh they put you on an nst so they put like a because uh, i had gestational so they checked the heart rate of the baby for two hours for first th like 30 minutes and then they put insert you and then they put you on the they insert you with the cervical and then they put, they keep you for an hour two hours uh with the nsc like the the baby monitor on your on your belly and then if uh, and then they send you home so they sent me home so basically by like i was like yeah that's fine i can handle this the contraction's not too bad by 12 30 by the time we reached the pharmacy i was in hell albert like i'm mm -hmm. like this is insane like the because like the, the cramping from the cervical is a lot worse than what it would be if it was like a gradual buildup from your body kind of doing this normal thing, right? right? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of makes it a lot, lot stronger. I so was, would they give you something in conjunction with that drug to to kind of make it more comfortable for you or no? Not, not at that point you because kinda, you kind of just yeah. suck it up, but it was like the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And so, um, okay. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it was just like what six, seven, eight, like no, like ten hours ago. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was uh, we went home, and then the contraction started, and you know the contractions were like far apart or whatever. Yeah, the and they right? just became psychotic by like. So I was actually stressing out because that was the, I think that was kind of my deadline to get all my continuing education done. <laughs> what that's what's going through your head yeah yeah so, so i was like, i really gotta get my continuing education done and uh you know i'm gonna be a little bit stressed out i gotta get this done and uh doreen was like lots of pain at like five o'clock and i'm like oh, she's in lots of pain but you know i think i could have squeeze another couple you can hours squeeze it in you can squeeze it in still yeah yeah so i can do work on my continuing education and then <laughs> And then I think at seven, like, seven or eight, she was just like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. The contractions are so bad. I was on and the floor. Rolling. She was on like all fours. Nice. And then I think, I think I said, uh, we can wait a little bit longer. Wow. Husband of the year. So eventually we left at like 10 p.m. It's like, hold on, like there's... Yeah, 10 more yeah. minutes of the game left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got to the hospital and then they, they check her for dilation. And then she was dilated like one centimeter, right? Which is not very much. Supposed to be 10, right? Or 10 is when you're like all the way, baby's coming, right? 
Okay. So you want to admit you is around three centimeters, I think. Okay. So that one centimeter, it was not much pain, not much uh, progress at that point, but mm -hmm. she was in tons of pain. Oh, it was so, so bad. So they said, like, you know, Doreen doesn't do any medications, even, you know, to get the vaccinations, I had to really twist her arm. So she, she doesn't want any meds or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then the, the nurse that was on duty is like, hey, I could shoot you. I can shoot you with some morphine, right? And yeah. we didn't have to twist her arm that hard. <laughs> they were like, yeah. <laughs> give it to me right now. Yeah. The nurse well, convinced she, me. She bought it a little bit. She it a little bit, but, yeah. but not as hard as she would normally. Yeah, she had convinced me because of the fact that, like, uh, she said, well, I'm pregnant right now with my second kid. I took it. It's all good. Just do it. She kept, like, encouraging me to do it. So I did. And at that moment, I talked to my family doctor because I'm, like, telling her what's happening because she wanted me to update her, you know, as I go. And she's yeah. like, FYI, like the morphine, it's going to dilate you. I'm like, okay. So we were there. For I guess like, morphine acts as a dilator. Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Exactly. Is it just because you're relaxed from not being in pain? Is that why? Yeah, it must be, yeah. And then so like what? Uh, we were, um, they, 12 o'clock. Well, yeah. So they let us go at like, at, yeah, 12. We got home at 12.15. And then our water broke as soon as she got home. Oh, we were wow. home for like 10 minutes, water broke. And I think that's because of the fact that we took the Ellerslie Road home and there were so many speed bumps and bumps. Really good driving on the city. Yeah. <laughs> Swerving for the potholes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it was so humiliating. So I'm like, yeah, my water just broke. Well, there's nothing to be humiliated about. I mean, your no, water breaks. It was embarrassing because the references, they're like, come back to the hospital. Yeah, and yeah. I so once a water broke, even if it's like one centimeter, they want you back. It's like a waterfall. So I'm like going into emerge, and that night emergency room was so full, like it was packed, and I'm screaming, and there's water coming down. Like you don't understand. It was. Bad. <laughs> Wait, is it is it painful when your water breaks? I've always been curious. Yeah, because the contractions it are is coming. painful. It was really painful. But the water itself, breaking, is not painful. No. But the but if the contractions the water increase, breaking felt like I was having a really big pain. Oh, okay. Oh. That's what it felt like. It was just like big, like, you know, you're like, so long, and then you're just peeing it out. But it's the contractions that just got really bad. And it's like, it's not even like little pee, it's like water. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. what's wrong with yeah, you? Uh, for my dogs, I'm gonna. Oh, okay, I got the same problem. Yeah, let me just go. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I think it's light. Can... There you go. Yeah. Uh, do you know and then, uh, nitro, leave it. Nitro, leave it. And then, so what ended up happening then was, uh, yeah, so we ended up in the in the hospital, and then uh, we went back, and then, yeah, they have like a little bench for, like they took us to another room with like a bench and a bed and that sort of thing. And then, so they had a little uh, little bench for me to sleep on because I have to stay overnight. Um, actually, they, so I got there at, uh, we got there at 12 and we were like technically there for about two days, right? Because once you're born, they, once your Atlas is born or your kid's born, they keep you for a full night after just to make sure everything is okay. Um, and so, then they shoot you away, right? Yeah, then they shoot you away. Yeah, <laughs> so, but that's kind of a natural yeah, that's uh, that's because Doreen had a natural birth. Well, 
She needed like uh, forceps. She needed forceps. I did, and I did the epidural. And then she did the. Oh wow. Process before having to push. Okay. That's really interesting. Oh. Uh, because yeah. I was like all sorts of like emotions and, you know, you're. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to hear you from there. Okay. I'm just sorry. I, yeah, just tell them, like, it was just... Yeah, like, I was going to say, Doreen, I, I, I could barely hear you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so... All kinds of... Uh, a lot of... Um, a lot of emotions go through, like, it's so funny, because I kept apologizing to the nurses, because I was just, like, because of my experience at the hospital, I was like, please don't, like, hurt my... I mean, I want like, because there's a fear that I had that if I gave birth... It, God forbid anything happens to me, right? Like, I wouldn't be around. Like, it was just this fear that I had because of what happened to my dad, uh, you know, 20 some years because, old. Because, like, our dad passed away at a hospital. Yeah, because, oh, yeah. like, I mean, they put him in a coma essentially, right? And then, so, uh, because of a medical mistake. And this was my first time ever being in a hospital, like, for oh something God. serious. So, like, uh, for some major thing, right? Like, I've been in hospitals for injuries and other stupid things, right? Um, so I was just worried to really, the trust thing was huge. And then I was just like going off and venting and saying all kinds of stuff. And I was so sorry. Like I felt so bad. I think I like stressed the nurses out. I'm like, don't worry. You're nurses safe. are really nice. Actually. They were super nice. But yeah. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, I wouldn't say I wasn't, I was being less than courageous. I wasn't courageous during that moment. I wasn't being very strong i was just more worried that you know something would happen to me or the baby and i think like, i think you were courageous and yeah and then like by the time it came to push it was like all of those emotions just left me and i'm like let's just get this baby out and i was completely fine you yeah, don't want yeah. the baby sorry you don't want us to talk about and that then, um, yeah then, but i took the epidural i don't yeah, think yeah. i would have survived so, so originally she wasn't going to do the epidural uh, just because the epidural has a, you know, anesthesia in it, and the issue was that when her dad passed away, it was due to a reaction or a complication with the anesthesia. Multiple complications. Yeah, yeah, but anesthesia was part of it, so there's like a big fear of introducing anesthesia again because of that, uh, you know, that history with it, right? But the doctor that administered the the epidural, he was he was, awesome. he was amazing. Right, and he really did a great job of just kind of explaining the risks and benefits. And you know, he basically said, like, you know, like the epidural is just something that a lot of women do get, and and we don't really have a lot of you know complications from it. But he he took like you know he's a busy guy. He took half an hour out of his day to kind of sit down with Doreen and just answer all the questions. Yeah, she had. before that, yeah. yeah. Prior to this appointment. Yeah, so. and then he happened to be on call that night, so I lucked out and then he had recognized me. I remember his doctor name was Dr. Chow, amazing anesthesiologist. And he's like, hey, what made you change your mind? And this was like a month before I was supposed to be like before that. And it was just amazing. And then he was just so good and so and I know I said some crazy stuff and and he's like looking at you, remember? Like, we won't get into what I had yeah, said. Yeah. But, Anyway, just very kind. Like the whole nursing staff, everybody was super kind. But yeah, um, if I, I didn't wonder what the the big um, uh, sort of like hesitation with with an epidural is, and I thought it was only like because like you know how some kids have a severe reaction to anesthetics, like yeah. they can get like tachycardic or have an allergic reaction, for example. Like I'm sure the only reason why girls, I mean women, would choose not to have an epidural, like I'm sure it wasn't just you know. 
pride, right? <laughs> or, or just wanting something more natural. Uh, I would imagine there was other risks involved that, that a lot of people weren't aware of until they're in that position. Yeah, yeah. Like I talked to, what do you call like, uh, um, like a doula? Is that what it's called? Yeah, doula. Yeah, I talked like a, to a doula, and then she was saying that with, um, yeah, with if you, if you do it without the epidural, then the contractions are. I don't know. She she said she, she made it sound like the contractions weren't weren't as bad or something. I didn't really fully understand. Mine I guess because like from what I understand is like you know you know Liz she was like I'm not gonna get the epidural and then she was like when she was in the middle of it she was like f this I'm getting the epidural and then they're like hey you missed the window for the epidural and then she was like oh, oh, no <laughs> right this. Right, so she just oh. but uh, so with the epidural, there was like uh, how many epidurals did you get? I think you got like you have the original one, and then they give you top ups, But does the epidural impact your ability to, to push or something? Is that part no. of it? It's no. just to help with the pain it, it, because there's oh. in the epidural, there's the anesthesia, but in the top ups, there's more pain. And it numbs like the oh. area, so you don't like. I mean, I can feel my legs, I can feel everything, but I just don't feel like. Um, I mean, I felt like when they were moving things around in there, but I didn't feel. I don't know. Lots of. <laughs> Speaking of moving things around, right? Like I had a podcast with a couple of my buddies, like maybe a couple months ago. Yeah. And and they were and I asked them, were you standing downwind or upwind? When all this happened, right? <laughs> my buddy was like, "Why would you be standing downwind? That's crazy. Stand upwind, right?" Little did I know that I was going to be really involved in the process, and I was basically, you know, holding one of her legs, like, like really oh. leaning into it. So you have a leg really? on top of you. Yeah, it was me and two other uh, two other nurses. So that short and, staff now, hey? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not the or yeah. I don't know if they thought I paid for an upgraded experience. I don't know what. <laughs> like, like the 4D experience, Watson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the leg's right here, and I'm just, like, pushing into it. So, like, the whole show is right there, right? Oh, my gosh. Right in front of you, right? And I remember I told Dave this, and Dave was just like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But but <laughs> other other guys are actually... I found out after some people were okay with it. I mean, Brian, uh, <laughs> he's a physician, mind you, but he was, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I was there involved, but, but for me, it was a little, it was a little traumatic. What if he passed out though? Yeah. I, I think they would have brought someone else in other than me. <laughs> yeah. At that point when they brought up the forceps, they had to talk me out with some epidural and something else. Yeah. Because the forceps were going to be a little crazy. So, so what happened was uh, like Atlas was faced the right way, but mm -hmm. he was turned such a way that um, like they needed to turn him to make it easier for him to pop out. Also as well, they wanted to get him to a point where he can at least get the shoulders out and then the rest is kind of easy there. So like it's not always that they're facing the like 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 a torpedo, like like yeah, no, facing like a torpedo, but they needed to twist them for some reason. Oh, so I think I think she went in with her hand and like turned him, and then uh, 
Yeah, and then after that, it got the forceps out. But I, while everything's happening, you can kind of hear the sounds and you can kind of see, so it's, you know, especially splashy. Well, <laughs> it's squishy. Like, well, no, what happens is like when they do something like forceps or when they do cesarean, they have like, uh, you know, they're like Navy SEALs team come on board, right? And the Navy SEALs team just stays in a corner and just make sure everything goes properly. If something goes wrong, then and then you know the Navy SEALs are going to step in and just uh, just uh, make sure everything's proper, right? Because like you know when you're doing forceps, when you're doing cesarean, it's just more of a high risk situation potentially right? yeah. compared to natural birth. Remember when they're like they're pulling out the forceps? If you don't push right now, we're going in for cesarean. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was that's what I that's what I told her. I was like, you do you if you can't do this, it's cesarean. So you better you better do it, <laughs> right? Because that. I've talked to people who have had C-sections and they tell me it's like a 10, 15 minute process, uh, like more or less uh, like quite painless. They said they said like they were numb to the point where like they could feel the organs being shoved around. Yeah, but yeah, other than yeah. that, they said they didn't feel anything. And it's they, just the recovery process. The recovery time is longer. And then, uh, yeah, I've heard stories about where they take your organs and just kind of put it on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that uh, yeah, makes me feel so like mortal, you know, to see like yeah. all my organs like on the table and then shoved back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just the yeah, the recovery process takes a little bit longer. I Doreen did have like third degree tears. Yeah, but and yeah, she's still recovering. But uh, but yeah, I mean, forceps were were pretty happy that it was just. Yeah, right? and then they're like the nurses are like out of all the people that like you want to have um, forceps, this is the doctor that like is an expert. And she happened to also give him this the circumcision. So she was really good. So she actually did the circumcision on him like a week later, which was good. Oh, to wow. See. Yeah. So she was like really amazing. So I lucked out. I think um, I kind of, you know, the universe kind of helped me out a lot in a ways because she was on call and she was the one that he wanted to do the forceps. And, you know, it was, and then she did the circumcision. So it was good. I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, and now that I think about it, I'm like, I cannot believe that was like a month ago, six weeks, seven weeks ago already. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But, What's that? What's that? Sorry, I didn't catch that last bit. Oh, no, he was talking to Atlas. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was going to say his head turned out really well. Like uh, sometimes when I, in my mind, like I think forceps, I think like you're going to like make like that cone head. It was, shape. Like, it was, it was a cone head at the beginning, but they, I guess it just gradually goes away. Oh, you don't have to do anything? Like, you don't have to, like, rotate their head when they're sleeping to get to go back to a brown shape or anything like that? No, nothing like that. It's just the only thing was they didn't want, like, uh, her family doctor said yeah, they didn't want him to be a side sleeper just because um, the side sleeper could affect the, affect the shape of the head a little bit. So that was the main thing, just not to be a side sleeper. But, oh. I mean, but, I mean, we kind of found that out late anyways. We didn't really have to do anything uh regards to that i they're talking to that same uh and uh, what do you call it doula doula uh, doula doula talking to doula lady i don't know if this is true or not i was going to look into it but they said like sometimes when you use forceps you can like strain their muscles so i guess there is certain like physiotherapists and certain massage therapists that work specifically with forcep babies to relax the muscles again that sort of thing but I kind of have to do a little bit more research into it to see if how um, legitimate of a practice that is, just because, you know, he's an infant, right? But uh, I thought that was really interesting. 
I, I can vouch for the fact that if you don't rotate the head, you do get a flattened part because I think that's what happened to me too. I think my parents just left me on my back. Like even though I had like a misshapen head coming out. And then now, like, I don't have a curve on the back of my head. It's like literally just straight up. Like someone sliced a chunk off the back of my skull or something like that. So, oh. yeah. So, hats do wonders. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, about after, because this is what kind of uh, freaked me out and we didn't really know about it. And so, uh, hopefully, it helps you guys out is uh like for about like five days they're spitting up amniotic fluid oh yeah and so oh. what like 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 almost because it's coming out of their lungs right yeah so the thing is like they'll be like sleeping on their back and all of a sudden they're spitting out amniotic fluid and we're huh. stressing out because we're like oh like i hope he doesn't fucking excuse my language i hope he doesn't choke on it and that sort of thing right but I mean, yeah. now that you say it, yeah, it is coming out the lungs. So I don't know what happens if it goes back in. Like, it can be aspirated. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So for about five days, they were um, they were spitting out uh, amniotic fluid, and then yeah. their their poops are black for about five days or about a week or so. Like you heard a loud sound, and I turned around yeah. and was on his side. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, and like you know. For some reason, Atlas was able to, like, the first day he was born, he was able to, like, turn turn to his side or whatever, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, but I think it was, like, he had a really, he had a really big fart that helped him. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was lying on his back, and then we all, the little light, we heard, like, just held him over. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, what the heck is that? He, well, he's definitely your son, then, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, so strong bowels. So yeah, first. Yeah, first. You've never been so proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my boy. That's my boy. Like, like, after that, he, like, scared the crap out of us. Like, he choked. Um, yeah, like, Darina's saying, like, like yeah, there was, was a few times that he kind of choked. Uh, like, he was kind of choking a little bit, we think, on the amniotic fluid. So we were a little bit worried about that. And then... Um, I think for us, what's really helped is swaddling. Yeah. I know swaddling doesn't help with like all babies, but uh, but he's really responsive to swaddling. You know swaddling, right? Yeah, like just it's just because they're in the position that they were when they're in the womb, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So even now, he like responds really well to swaddling because otherwise, what happens is if you just let him uh, lay on his own, he's very spastic, and he'll just like kind of. Uh, kind of kick his legs and arms everywhere, and he'll just wake himself up. It looks like he's at a rave. Yeah, yeah it looks like he's at a rave. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, so once they start, like, having use of their, like, once their lungs inflate, then they start breathing on their, like, you using their lungs for breathing, but yet there's still amniotic fluid in their lungs. While no, while they're breathing, there is amniotic fluid there. Weird. That would feel like they'd be, just be choking for days on end. That's such a yeah. So the first, the first five days, you don't you don't really sleep because you're just I like okay, sleep. what? I did not. We did not sleep. Yeah, before. just because you, you just kind of have to make sure that um, yeah that he doesn't choke in the night and that sort of thing. Gosh, so that's like the worst nightmare. Yeah. Like, I was just so, telling uh, Victoria, I haven't I haven't looked at any of the books 
for, for like for prep. Oh. And um, yeah, but the okay. only thing I really am concerned about is SIDS. And, 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 and things like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you probably already know the basics of since like, to be honest, I didn't do a lot of prep either. We did take like a class. There's a class you can take that was yeah. on with that. Um, yeah. but for SIDS, like, uh, you probably already know, like you want to sleep them on their back. Yeah. Minimize the SIDS, no blankets in there, no toys, nothing. Right. Yeah. That, also as well, like, um, like, I don't think it's, uh, I know. I guess he's at the age where we weren't as concerned about it, but I still like, am. I'm still, like, still concerned. Like, like, like when it gets really hot out, like an increase in the heat can increase the risk of SIDS, right? When it's really, really hot. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are certain uh, there's certain uh, devices you can get to uh, to monitor for SIDS. So yeah, those, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we didn't do that, but like specifically, they're like mats and that sort of thing. Yeah, no. we just got one just now for like I want to like this person knows who they are, but they, I just came back just before this podcast to go to their house to pick up two car loads of baby stuff because they didn't oh, use yeah. it anymore. Uh, okay. So I really want to thank her for all that, including a SIDS monitor, which was I think it's just something that you put underneath the mat the the blend or the the mattress so that if they don't sense any movement, then this alarm goes off or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Oh, what is it called, uh, Albert? Do you know? I don't remember the exact name of it, but um, maybe text it to me later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the other thing I want to talk about is just how generous everyone's really been with mm -hmm. uh, with helping us out. And their like, time and energy. Yeah, like like you know, people donated a lot of clothes to us for him, uh, a lot of toys, and then uh, some people cooked us meals. And and her her mom was amazing; would come over and help out a lot. So. So I'm, I'm glad we had a really strong community behind us to help us out. Um, and then, yeah, like Albert, when, when Victoria gives birth, it's, it is going to be important to have some time off. Um, so like we'll hopefully, be there to support you guys Yeah, well. like you're going to take some time off too, though, right? Oh, yeah. We're actually working like, like, like mules right now to, because I'm, I'm self-incorporated, so I won't really get time off per se. Yeah. At least yeah. that affords me the chance to help her out for the first couple months. And uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it should be pretty good. But I do want to touch upon what what you're saying here because you know to be honest, for the longest time, because I wasn't really in that mode, in that mindset to have kids, I was kind of resistant to to um, not not necessarily. I, I wouldn't say resistant, but I, I wouldn't really uh, re relate well to other parents per se. But then yeah. now that I'm coming up on having a, a child, and I see I see the kind of community uh, among parents you know how we're all in it to help each other out and even now when I see a baby before I was a little bit afraid it's like you know I don't really want to you know hold your child uh, you know I, I'm not I'm not I'm not exactly um you know some people like openly are affectionate towards all yeah, babies yeah. I was yeah. for some reason I had a hesitancy about it I'm not sure I'm not sure where, where it came from but but now that I know that I'm expecting one of, of my own it's completely changed and now I I want to hold everyone's baby um, so. well, that's great that's awesome yeah no i i was kind of in the same boat albert it was like like for me it's just like this other world that i just wasn't aware of right it was fear yeah. maybe is what it was yeah or something oh yeah yeah no i was always scared to hold other people's babies too <laughs> <laughs> you know they tell stories about you know you didn't drink their necks or that sort of thing right you want to yeah i would really 
done it too much, uh, except now with Atlas. So it's like you're a natural with him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Doreen says I'm a natural now. It's the cutest thing Albert, it's just instinct. Oh, okay. it, instinct kicks in. Like, just oh, just, oh, Doreen just saying, uh, uh, it's like your instinct kicks in. Like when you have yeah. Sort of like, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I think it's like a, it's like a paradigm shift almost. Like you, like I, I, I always ask myself, like, is it that I worry that a ch having a, a child will change my life, or is it that I just want to change my life because of this child? You know. Yeah, like it's not hard. It's not a sacrifice. It's just like this is now, uh, you know, like my life goal almost. You know, so yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I'm I feel like I'm ready. Oh yeah, you are ready. You're gonna do an amazing job. And it's fun because like you you look at them. Okay, can you come here? Plus, uh, I want you to talk about the last segment okay. about something important that I think will help Albert too. Uh, about the breastfeeding thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Um. So Albert, one of the things that like you know, like it's just like I said, it becomes so natural, and mm -hmm. then like and then you see yourself in them, like the expressions, like the first couple weeks that Atlas was born, yeah, like, his expressions were like, oh my god, that's what I do, right? Like just identical, and then even Wasip, like at nighttime feeding when he's screaming, and like mm -hmm. he does all these funny like facial expressions, where you're just like, oh my god, this is just so natural, and it just becomes like this fun experience like I see Wasif like with him and he's just talking like he's his best friend and he's just the funniest thing ever so it's definitely <laughs> it definitely changes your life but I think for the so good you just realize you can't live without them they're like your second like limb like you just they're just they're just there and they're just so cute but one of the most important things I think I want to talk about is the whole breastfeeding thing okay, so this, is, this is that this is our topic. mom mom rants is anybody okay, take notes we're taking notes. Okay. I took prenatal classes and I knew that I wanted to breastfeed, okay? But I didn't know, like, I guess I didn't educate myself on them the way that I should have because, okay, because, okay, baby. Oh, I'll put him in the back. It'll be in the back. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I wish I would have done is done pre-homework because I didn't realize how crazy breastfeeding hard uh, how hard breastfeeding was going to be so uh where i gave birth with the gray nuns they really pushed that and that's okay. fine that's great um and they show you they're like yeah and for the record like the nurses at the gray nuns are really amazing great. I can't oh that's this. that's actually where we're going to okay it was just this one shortcoming yeah the one thing that i wish there. i i i wish i would have done more research on the whole breastfeeding thing uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for me because um, I didn't realize that you have to pump. So I didn't know that your breast, I thought your breast milk comes in like in the, in the first few days, which is fine, which what they told me. They're like your baby's going to be okay surviving on colostrum alone. Yeah. Okay, fine. So here's the thing. At TMI, my nipples were way too big for his mouth. So it was hard for him to latch on, okay? So they kept okay. pushing that. Right? So they kept pushing that, like, you know, up until I was discharged. And that week, it's probably was like plus 30, 35 degrees that whole week. Right. So, um, okay. I'm like, I'm breastfeeding him. He was crying. Uh, when we got home, he was crying, like breastfeeding him every two hours, three hours. Didn't know I had to pump. Didn't know I had to do any of that. Okay. Didn't and they, know, don't, they like, don't teach that, teach that in the classes yeah, either. They don't teach positive, that. Uh, positive uh, feedback, right? Like, like yeah. the more you, the more so you express, the more you make. Yeah. They're like, oh, the classroom will be enough. Your breast milk should come in in the next three days or so. 
and that should be enough to feed him. Completely wrong. The, the day that we came, uh, the, the day, okay, so the only time that, uh, so the day that uh, we got discharged, everything was fine. That night, that day was so hot. Like my mom was over, she was helping. My mom doesn't live too far away, right? So she was helping, my sister came, helped, and then he was just screaming. He was hot. Like by the time 11 o'clock came along, he was just freaking out. I'm like freaking out, not sure what's going on. So we took his temperature. We did the ear one. The ear one gave us a reading of what, 36, 37? Okay, okay. So Albert, uh, you, maybe you already know this from pharmacy school, but I didn't know this. Yeah. They don't really recommend ear thermometers in infants, right? Okay. Newborns, no. No, yeah. So I, 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 I didn't remember that. So so we do have an ear thermometer, but really they want you to use a thermometer just, you know, underneath the armpit or in the mouth. Like temporal, that sort of thing. Uh, like, weren't they supposed to, like, they said, like, because um, the ear canal is a little bit more twisted uh, for, for, for newborns that you, if you're not angling it correctly, you're not going to get a proper reading. This is what, is what I've been told. Okay, okay. Yeah. They didn't say the reason why, but yeah, they just want you to use, like, a, like, kind of, for lack of a better word, old school digital monitor that you put under the armpit yeah. or orally. That's the best one to use. Yeah. yeah. And so, anyway, so, like, we called HealthLink. HealthLink's like, you know what, just take him to... Uh, great nuns, uh, like back to the hospital just in case he's getting dehydrated, right? Like, and I'm like freaking so, out. So, yeah, the issue here was like we were under the impression that that colostrum would be enough, it and, wasn't. and it usually is for most babies, according to like the information I've looked at. Yeah, but every baby's different, and it wasn't enough for him. Yeah, it wasn't right? enough for him. And then, um, so yeah, we went to the great nuns, and basically, I was just crying my eyes out because I'm like, what the hell, like, I like. I was just not sure. And he was wheezing, right? He's got that flute sound. So I'm like thinking, oh my God, what's wrong with my kid? And I had just given birth. So imagine that, like I'm crying everything. So it took us about an hour, two hours for us to see, uh, no, an hour for the triage because it was really crazy busy that night again. And uh -huh. then, so, but she guided us through. She's like, no, like you're allowed okay. to feed him formula. Yeah, before you get to that point. So we made the mistake of, like the nurse we saw at the Green Nuns was amazing on the ER. But, but we got there like at 12 and they saw us about 5 a.m. Right? Wow. And the mistake I made was I went back to the Green Nuns because that's where we were discharged. And they have like a maternity ward. So I thought they would have a section just for maternity patients. But mm -hmm. really, we end up in a situation where if you need to go to emergency, make sure you just go to, to the stallery yeah, instead. Just go. Like I, I went to Green Nuns because it was closer, but it would have saved us a lot more stress if we went directly to the um, stallery. That being said, the nurse that talked to us, I'm really grateful that she talked Yeah, to us. so the nurse that, yeah, so when they saw us, when they saw us, like the nurse, okay, so the triage nurse, like, was amazing. She calmed me down. Um, I had, I rushed out like crazy, so I didn't pack a diaper for him, or I didn't have Intramil, so one of the things... Were, to the yeah, so they gave yeah. me a, a diaper to change it, and they're like, no, you give him formula. It's fine to supplement with formula. So, and I'm like, yeah, but they didn't tell us that. They're like, yeah, that's what they do because like certain hospitals are very big on pushing breastfeeding, but they don't actually so, show you how yeah, to do it. So what, what they were saying is like upstairs at the maternity ward, they have like uh, a policy of breast is best, meaning that they're really going to emphasize breast milk and they won't really talk about formula and that sort of Yeah, they don't talk about right? that. Versus like when you went to see the nurse at the ER, she said, well, I'm not tied down by this, those same type of standards. So it's not that breast is best, it's fed is best. So however you're getting your baby fed and if they're 
if they're, you know, um, if they're growing at a healthy weight, that's what's most important. You know, we would love to be in a position where we could breastfeed and that sort of thing. But I mean, like, like Vivian is an example of it where like with her first kid, like, um, he didn't take to the breast at all. Right. Versus the second kid did take to it. So, yeah. so every kid and every parent is different. And you really do need to find just what works best for you. Yeah. So at the end of the day, for me, how do you know if Alice is 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 satisfied? Like, can you depend on his signals to to let you know that he's had enough? Or oh, it was hard breastfeeding for me. Was really really. He gets hard. Uh, he gets milk drunk. Yeah, he gets milk drunk. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and then the thing is, like, I would so for the first little while, but until I got referred to the breastfeeding clinic, um, yeah. were, So my family doctor, there was a mistake at the front. They didn't. Even refer I got referred within like two. Uh, the referral was put in. The girls at the front didn't put it in until two weeks later, two or three weeks later. I had to get a friend. But it usually takes two or three days. Yeah. To see a lactation. My family doctor was not happy about it. So at this point, I was struggling so much. It, it's an emotional roller coaster. Like for me, I felt like a bad mom because like I was going back and forth, and my milk wasn't coming through. Like I maybe was able to pump once, and it came a little bit, barely, and then the Next time I pumped, it was like I was in bed for the rest of the day. Like I had, I was in so a lot much of musculature pain. pain I had so much muscular pain, so it was it was a real struggle for me, emotionally, <laughs> physically. Um, and then it wasn't until I saw last week I finally got in to see a doctor at the Misericordia, and she was amazing. And it was by this time it was too late because I hadn't really done what I was supposed to do, like pump every two hours. Um, after like so like basically you feed the child, you burp them and then you pump so you're basically tied to this pump because you need to keep stimulating your breast right and then i went to the public health clinic but one of the things that they said was the reason why they didn't really educate moms because it's they can't do a one-size-fits-all and i'm like what if you just gave the information like just letting us know that it's okay to supplement with formula or or showing us okay you have to pump every two hours right all of mm -hmm. those things i didn't know so basically i'm like i'm just formula feeding right now and yeah, I'm so the, the way like no, I wouldn't. Yeah. The way that the nurse Yeah. I like the way the nurse at the at the Great Nuns put it. Basically said that, you know, in the nineteen eighties, if you were breastfeeding, you were considered poor. Right? That was a mentality back then because oh, because, that, because they would say, Oh, you're you're breastfeeding, therefore you can't afford formula. It was like it was like a, a stigma that they had for some reason, right? Yeah. Hmm. And so a lot of the babies in the 80s were primarily formula fed. So, um, so I mean, I, I think, uh, but, but like with education and that sort of thing, of course, you know, breastfeeding is something that's, you know, preferred, but if you're in a situation where your baby is, you know, can't really, for one reason or another, can't breastfeed. It's okay. Like, I mean, that's why they have formula. And it's okay to give them formula. And, and you know, um, you know, Atlas is putting on weight at a healthy clip. Um, so he's, he's doing well. That's, so that's, a, that's a more important. Um, my yeah. concern, too, is also for low-income families. More single moms that, you know, are on a limited budget. Formula is expensive, too. So that's mm -hmm. another thing that I want to stress is that, like, breastfeeding, like the whole thing feeding your child is obviously a priority, but like I just want people to understand that you know formula isn't cheap either, right? Especially if you are uh, relying on that. I don't understand. Like I I don't understand why companies make it so expensive. 
because it's really not fair at the end of the day, right? So that's another thing. Like for me, I really wanted to breastfeed because of the antibodies, but I couldn't. Like he till this day, he rejects my boobs. Like he won't take them. Like I've tried everything, he won't do it. He won't do it. Like pumping doesn't work for me, but I'm like, you know what? Whatever, it wasn't meant to be all good. But, um, but what if I was in a position where I couldn't afford formula? Like what the hell do you do, right? So it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Like, Are you still trying to pump right now just to kind of get that positive loop going or well, kind of giving up? To be honest with you, I, I did it because I think I was so emotionally spent and also because I'm in survival mode. Like, I'm in survival mode in the sense that once, if your baby needs to feed, he needs to feed. Like, that's it. Like, you don't really think about anything else but that. Right, right. No, I agree with you. It's been, it's been seven weeks now. Like, even, like, when uh, that doctor, she was like, there is no point. Like, she's like, if you do, it's, you're going to have to have support because you're looking at pumping the whole day. I, I don't have time for that. Like, you know, no. like, you're looking at, like, feeding, burping, pumping by the time he's up from his nap I have to feed him again so it's just like I'm non-stop yeah so but yeah yeah and like you know like uh you know to Doreen's defense there's other things that were like for instance she has like uh actually a job interview tomorrow for like something, a yeah. supervisor for the position yeah. but not only that too for me I was in a lot of pain at the beginning like for the first two three weeks I was in so much pain because of the birth and I was taking medication too. So it was really hard to sit and pump like that. And my muscles were just killing me, Albert. Like I was in so much pain, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, pumping was really hard and it was just an emotional roller coaster. So, I mean, I'm sure Victoria, because both of you guys are healthcare practitioners, you've educated yourself, but really like educate yourself more and try to get more information um, and be ready. Like be ready by October, start getting that like, the pump ready, start getting everything ready because like if you want to breastfeed, like you like the first day you give birth, you wanna get the pump going and get well, all that. Well, actually, I think what you're saying is pretty on point. Like I think survival mode is a term I've heard a lot when I've asked people about like what uh what parenthood is like in the first few months. And something tells me that the fact that we're both healthcare professionals probably won't make a lick of difference because at the end of the day, even right now, when it comes to caring for ourselves health-wise i mean if i'm i'm the patient i just throw everything out the window i just take any cough syrup i can find <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean well, like it helps a little bit but it doesn't help a little bit but in the spur of the moment you're just going to do what you can to just just to get through the night that sort of thing you know what i mean yeah it's survival mode because honestly he fight he fought me on it so many times so i would give him the bottle first because initially i'd give him the boob he maybe 10 minutes, barely, and then he would scream and get, and I'd give him the bottle, right? And then mm. afterwards, it became a whole thing where if I gave him the boot, it's like the boob, it was like a nightmare. Like, he would fight me, so I'd have to, like, no, man, it's like 3 a.m. I'm in lacking sleep. I'm in survival yeah. mode. I need That's to give him, you know, like, yeah. it just came about, like, let's just get my kid fed and, you know. I'm not even sure how we're going to handle it. I'm not even sure if I should supposed to, if, if, if Victoria wants me to say this, but like, it's right now, like, you know, your body's going through a lot of changes and like, uh, like, like her, her breasts are getting bigger at the same time. They're so sensitive that she can't imagine a baby latching on or latching on improperly, no less, you know? So like to, to have that sort of, um, sort of fear, 
like it, it might be tough for us to do the same thing like to consistently breastfeed and she you know? might be different like she may have good flow my flow didn't really come in until like four or five days later yeah typically it's like two three days yeah mine didn't come in so everybody's different again i'm speaking to my experience and yeah it sucked i mean i wasn't able to give my baby what he needed but again i'm just not going to feel guilty about it anymore no no, I don't think that should ever happen. I think I think a lot of emotions come in. Like, you know, I, I've, I've heard everything. I've heard guilt. I've heard resentment. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, like, I mean, this is a lot of, you know, for a lot of people, new territory. Even if it's your second child or third child, I'm sure it's a different experience. So, um, yeah, no, it's, a, it's I mean, a lot of person to go through. Yeah, like, I mean, you're doing your best, but at the end of the day, just, you know, you got to be uh, forgiving to yourself too, right? You're learning things as you go. And don't hesitate to ask, uh, you know, people like us who have gone through it before, if you do need yeah. help or advice or anything like that, right? I appreciate it. No, I'm definitely going to be turning to you guys for uh, for for some guidance, I think. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you how not to do it, that's for sure. Um, well, I was going to say, oh, and, and just a quick plug for Pennet. What's like, like I know commonly I was recommending Owl's Days. But you know which one's uh, really good is that uh, penitent. Penitent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, penitent. I, I prefer that over all space. I mean, when you get to that stage, let me know which one you like better. <laughs> wait, I, I, wait. Are you talking? Sorry, are you talking about like like a diaper rash cream? Oh, just in general, we don't want to put it on daily. What I was told is that the percentage of zinc actually doesn't really matter. It's actually. Like they're both, they're all roughly the same. Like where they pick like a 17 or 40% one. Oh, but okay. uh, what some doctors have recommended is that it's that they just want to uh, lean towards the non-fragrance ones. I see, I see. Like, uh, like I think the penitent, maybe it has a little bit of a more content than the oil space because it's not as thick. So it's not as abrasive when you put it on. But right. I, yeah, we're, we're putting that diaper rash cream daily just to keep them dry especially through the heat and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, because the first little while he was like, his butt became really chapped. It was chapped at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, oh. but he's, he's doing really well now. But uh, yeah, I, so thought it helped more during the heat and that sort of thing, so. Especially yeah. during the heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have aircon over there? No, no, we have no aircon. So. Oh my God, how did you make it through that week? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I put fans and I sat upstairs because the uh, most uh, upstairs, but he seems to like it. The heat? He yeah, doesn't seem to he, mind he it. Mind the heat. Probably the same as the womb. It's like yeah, body yeah. temperature, 38, 37, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he didn't. Oh, he's just probably like, oh, yeah, this is nice. It's like, oh, thank <laughs> God, finally. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're sweating like crazy. Yeah, and my nephews hated it. They wouldn't sleep. So my sister was so desperate because uh, my nephew is uh, two years old and the other one has cancer. Uh, oh my God, whole, what? Yeah. How old is he? That's another story. That's another story for he's, another uh, he's, uh, he's good now. He's like eight, eight months, eight months old. No, no, uh, he's a year. Eight months. Yeah, he's a year and two months old. Oh, a year and two months yeah, already? Yeah, Teo is a year and two months old. Yeah, I guess he got oh, diagnosed. Tragic. What? Yeah, he's got diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, so he had uh, retinal blastoma. Uh, <laughs> So right now it looks like it is under control, but you know how cancer is. You got to keep an eye on it. And then, uh, oh, yeah. going for the regular checkups, but so far so good. Yeah. So anyway, but like my sister was saying, yeah, they wouldn't sleep and they got so desperate 
that they're like, that's it. We're going to get air conditioning, air, a central air con. And they're like, I mean, it's expensive, but it's worth it. Especially when you have kids and they weren't sleeping and one of them is in the middle of chemo and you're like, oh my God, right? So it's just whatever. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, Jerry. I don't even want to complain about my first world problems because no, no. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Every, that's a, no, no, that's a that's a big deal. It's a big, big deal, deal, but at the end of the day, the way I look at everyone's got their stuff, everyone's got issues. So this is not about like oppression Olympics or you know. Oh, yeah, I have yeah. no worse. one's thinking that, but no, 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 no one wants their kid to have cancer. Yeah, right? of that's course not. You know, everybody, yeah. everybody has a story. Everybody has a path they got to follow on and. And yeah, and it just, it's crazy. I love this heat. It's too bad I don't get to really enjoy it and go outside because normally if, if it was this time last year, I'd be outside every day. You know, obviously I'd be working outside too. Uh, I don't, I don't know when it was like 38 or whatever. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it. It oh reminds God. me of Phoenix. I went to Arizona one year and I spent like 12 hours outside and it was like the best thing ever. And I'm like, I love this. This it is amazing. It reminds me of when I almost like, died in like the texas heat because i went to go try uh, 40 degree weather and it was not a good combination yeah. how is she doing being pregnant in this weather i can't imagine being pregnant in this weather no, well we're up. actually we're actually really fortunate like my my uh renter um in the house i'm in right now uh said he had to move early uh because he needs like more space so we Took the opportunity to come back over here and to list the house that we were in before because the market's so hot right now and thank goodness because this house has ac the other one did not and honestly that would have been an instant divorce for sure we would have made it through that week <laughs> but like because like victoria actually she needs not just ac she needs ac plus two fans blowing at her Oh, that's Just, like me. That's like me, and I'm not pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah, no, we we wouldn't have managed for sure, for sure. I. It was funny. My mom was telling me when we she was living in the Caribbean, where my sister and I were born. She's like, can you imagine if you were pregnant around this time in this heat? And she was pregnant, you know, both times, right? And yeah. I mean, it's the Caribbean. It's like this weather every day of your life. And she's like, you would have killed yourself. I'm like. Yeah, I know, because I remember towards the end of my pregnancy, I was just like, everyone fuck off now. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll bleep that out later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bleep that out later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to stop. We've talked for quite a bit. So, <laughs> on that F-bomb. <laughs> yeah, on that F-bomb, I, uh, I think we're good. I think our parents can appreciate F-bomb uh, every now Yeah, no, we can, uh, we can appreciate the book now. Like they have that book out, go to go to have to sleep. Yeah, it's like this thick, man. I'm not reading that. ADHD. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I can appreciate the title of that book now. Oh yeah, and another thing is too, uh, after you give birth, like the day after, like they call you that same day, the public health nurse. So if you guys live close to us, that means you're going to Rutherford, uh, just down the yeah. road in Ellerslie. They're amazing. Like the public health nurses are amazing. They call in, they check on you every couple of days, see how you're doing. Uh, because of COVID, they don't come to your house because normally they would. In the past, they would. But mm -hmm. now you just go to the clinic. Or you can make a special request for them to come to your house. They check in. They weigh the baby. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, definitely got to give a shout out to And if you, if you need it, I got a baby scale at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, had, I had a doctor who was holding uh, up practice. So, I, he sold me a baby scale yeah, for so, like 20 bucks. So, I was like, oh, thank you. Nice. Can you use it for like for food afterwards too, like as a food scale? 
I was yeah, thinking I think about so. that. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Nice, perfect. Yeah, 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 perfect. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> okay, well, definitely, we'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, so thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And yeah, everyone. thanks for having me, man. All thanks. right. Thanks for everyone listening to the Pumpkin Patch Podcast. Presented by Sweet. iCare Pharmacy. Bye. <laughs> thanks again for listening to the Pumpkin Patch Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And again, if you have any questions about the podcast or as well questions about your health or wellness, text me at 780-705-8871. And uh, have a great day and hopefully we'll chat soon. Thanks. Bye.